Okay, I have in front of me, for those of you who um, can't see it, three Rubik's Cubes, three by three by three. And what they represent is what we're going to talk about today. So if you visual learners out there, think of it this way. Michael laughs. On the left, you see this perfect cube. On the right, you see this perfect cube. In the middle, my wife, Miss Colleen, is going to mix them all up just like that. That, my friends, right there is the messy middle, which is what we're going to talk about today. The messy middle. Thank you very much. Look, so again, for those of you who aren't watching, the left one is the perfect cube. I'm going to say that's the Garden of Eden. The middle is after we showed up on the scene, which things got really messy right there in Genesis mm -hmm. 1, 2, and 3 in a hurry. And then on the right, perfection again. Call it the garden again, Eden again, when we get to see Jesus face to face. I feel like that could happen at any moment. So I'm pretty excited about that. Today, we're going to focus on the messy middle. And I have my friends back with me again. Oh, well, my wife's my friend, but she's here all the time. <laughs> Mike, Katie, good to see you all. Um, Happy New Year again, even though that, that's kind of been a little bit of a while ago. Uh, we're going to talk about living in the messy middle, which is... Um, yeah, it can be a little bit challenging. I get it. But um, this is what we were made to, to do yeah. somehow or another. So uh, just to, I bumped into a blog and this, uh, the woman named Cindy Powell, this is back in 2016. So it's a while ago, but I, I kept it. Uh, and I'm going to read it to you. I'm living in between the now and the not yet. The in-between is a real deal for all of us. It's, it is finished, but it isn't yet finished in us, mm -hmm. at least not in a way that we're consistently walking out, not by a long shot. Let's face it, wherever your middle may be, it's a messy place. Nothing in the middle is neat and tidy. The middle is wishy-washy. It's fickle. It's a place where you're not where you were, but you're also not yet where you'll be. You're floating somewhere in between, somewhere on the journey. So, can anybody relate to that? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, a little bit? Yep. Every day. Every day. Every day. Yeah, it kind of feels that way, doesn't mm -hmm. it? So, we're going to talk. Tell me tell a little bit of stories about maybe some of our own experiences in this life, uh, in the messy middle. I was, I was thinking about this and thought, well, gee, there's so many stories I can tell, right, about what that looks like. But even this past year, 2023, has been... Um, even though it was a lot of progress, there was also a messy piece of it where I think I was questioning and wondering, you know, just where is God in all of this? A lot of changes in our in our life here. Uh, but but, you know, it just um, as I mentioned last podcast, one thing that God uh, showed me and the kind of words he gave me was to be faithful in the middle of it all. So the messy can be different for different people, and we're going to talk about some of those things. So I think before I um, go too much further, I want to, in, you know, invite everybody back into the conversation. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I want to start by just saying, um, yeah, there's this world that we live in that we create. It's the ideal world that we believe as Christians maybe what it's supposed to look like more in Eden and maybe more in the after, in heaven. 
but we land somewhere in between. That could be disappointing. Um, a little bit. So we have this misconception of what this perfect Christian life should look like. And uh, so I'm going to check in with my panel here today and see where everybody falls. What just what do you think about this? You know, we kind of acknowledge that, that our faith and our faith journey has ups and downs, doesn't it? So, Katie, what do you think? What is your what is your first impression on the uh, the ideal versus reality? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I a couple months ago, I was walking through some heavy stuff. Mm -hmm. um, just God showed me some of my broken places. I didn't necessarily I, I kind of ignored for a while. I kind of knew they were there, but didn't really pay attention to them. And I was on the I think I was on a Zoom call with you guys yeah, okay. for a ministry meeting. <laughs> yes. I was explaining some of the stuff that I was going through. And I said to you, I just want to be my most healed self for mm. my husband and my kids. That I want my kids to see me healed. I don't want to live out in brokenness every day and be spilling all over my kids and affecting them. Mm. And um, Colleen said something which really hit me and has been huge for me as I continue to navigate the messy middle. Um, she said, it's not about being healed. It's about being on the journey to healing. So it, there is testimony in healing, yeah. but there's amazing testimony or, with the people around us that are watching us walk yeah. our Christian faith, that we're just willing to walk the journey of healing. Mm -hmm. And we're willing to be honest about what we're going through. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, the the misconception of a perfect Christian faith is it's not about speaking when you're healed, but it's about being willing to speak when you're struggling on the journey in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Being honest about where you're at. So authenticity. I think that's a big part of what we, even when we, we knew we were going to be uh, doing what we're doing here in the ministry, God was pretty clear, wasn't he? He just said, you know, you just got to bring your authentic self. Like yeah. to it, not pretense, not pretending yep. to be somebody you're not. I mean, this is something you, you we we talk a lot about, Michael. Like when we were going through the journey and um, together through some really messy times, right? Mm -hmm. This is when we first met. Was stripping ourselves of that poser, the person that we want to hide behind, the fig leaf that of our just just like Adam did and Eve yeah. when they were exposed. Being authentic, like we ha we just have to do it. We have to sit in it, and we have to confess our issues, but also share the struggles. Mm -hmm. you know? So I don't know what do you what do you any thoughts on it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, f I feel pretty strongly about the this whole topic of real versus uh, yeah um, ideal, yeah, or or what is what is held up as the ideal versus authentic. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, there is only one ideal came and lived in perfect life and died for us. Yeah. Amen. And, you know, he said it, it, it is finished. And I've, I've said this uh, it's before it, it is finished. He was finished. Mm -hmm. He did it perfectly. Yeah. I'm not finished. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so we have, we have access to the ideal. Yeah. We have access to draw Amen. more of it to ourselves. And we, you know, so we sort of live in this in between. We talk about the messy middle. Yeah for the rest of our lives, you know, some degree of messy, 
Yeah. But um, where I think I think if we don't approach the whole concept of ideal versus real, it's with the right perspective, it it invites us into all kinds of problems with shame or um, you or a complete lack of understanding of what this journey is really about. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the terminology necessarily for the theology around. Uh, there's a lot of theology. Not all of it is good. <laughs> you know, that we get exposed to as we're growing up in the Lord, you know, and, and I've, I personally have heard all kinds of things about, you know, when, what happens when you get saved? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, you're good, right? Mm -hmm. you, you know, healing comes when you get saved. Yep. It's immediate. You righteousness of Christ, which is true, mm -hmm. positionally speaking and, mm -hmm. and spiritually speaking, but uh, what do you do with the rest of it? Yeah. You know, and if you're not, if you don't have the right framework about where you are and where you're going and what the rest of it is about, yeah, you, you can set yourself up for yeah. a lot of disappointment and, yeah. and just spin, spin, spin. Yeah. Because like you talk about the poser, where we we come together every once a week, hopefully at the minimum. Yeah. You know, maybe not. Hopefully, we don't just show up twice a year. Yeah, it's true. But we get together as a body, mm -hmm. and we we're tempted to just say, you know, hey, I'm I'm putting on my ideal self now. Mm -hmm. I'm showing up as poser one and poser two, yeah. and mm -hmm. everything is great. Mm -hmm. The world is fantastic, doing awesome. Hope you are too. Yeah. <laughs> Praying yeah. for you. Yeah, you're right. Less than highly favored. That's yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, so yeah. There's. The, I'm sorry. I have a lot. Of, I have a lot of feelings about the, no. the, the ideal versus not. You know, it's, it's not. It's not. Uh, yeah, you're wrong. It's it's been a it's been a roller coaster through the not ideal, and uh, I, I'm at a point now where I love it just because I know where I know where I am. I know who I am and yeah. why why I'm here and what the what is the point of the journey. So. Yeah. I'm hoping that we all find that that peace in that, that place. So yeah, that's it, that's kind of how I see it. And it's hard to sit there. We um, at times because we question, we wonder what what God up to. Um, you know, there's we have to continue to remind ourselves that um, the world we live in it's there's a it's a natural world that we're sin after we we bit that fruit of. Now we had an enemy who's kind of prowling around looking to sort of sideline our journey too. So we have that. We have just a fallen world that exists, you know, that's that's just groaning in so many ways to be restored. Mm -hmm. It's over here on this side. Mm -hmm. And so we also have people that influence our thoughts and our, the way our, we think. And we have our own battles internally to struggle with all the time. And so I think it's um, it's just worth admitting that it's not going to be perfect and we have to find a way to, I don't know, we have to find our way in connecting to the vine in, in an appropriate fashion, whether it's in church on Sundays or it's in, we talked last time about spiritual practices and mm -hmm. the things that we do to stay connected to, to that vine. Uh, but it's hard because we have to admit, you know what, it's just not going to work perfectly. You know, Katie, you shared with us earlier about even um, what your daughter at school and, the, you know, and, and encountering um, someone who is just different, right? Mm -hmm. Who who doesn't, who clashes maybe in personality or maybe just in the way they 
see things. It's just, even at a young age, it's just, mm -hmm. it just, you know, the fallen nature of the world we live in. It just mm -hmm. is. Thoughts? Well, I get to use your oh. model because oh. um, this is a really cool thing. I'm glad God showed you this. Yeah. You know, what's interesting to me, uh, which I think is really, really hurtful to the community and the Christian body as a whole, is that somehow, and I think Michael alluded to it, we leave the garden, we are all born into sin, uh, you know, as the results of, of what happened in Genesis 3. And so we're wandering around looking like this, and there is attitudes, whether we're aware of them or not, that as soon as somebody accepts Christ as their savior, they look like this again. So what happens when we're new believers, we take the knowledge of good. So we got the knowledge of good and evil, but it's perverted, right? So we don't really know what good is. Um, it certainly is not how God defines good, but we decide we know good. And so we start judging everybody. So you may have somebody who has one side of their Rubik's cube completed, and then all of this is still a mess. And yet in the church, and it was funny, um, we had a group of people that would drive with us to church, uh, some older people um, who would drive us with us to church or we would drive them to church. And one of them met the Lord. And within like three or four weeks, yeah, one of them said to Steve and I, we're really concerned about this person because they said they accepted the Lord, but they still do X, Y, and Z. <laughs> And I just, it, that, and you guys, y'all know what I'm talking about, because like this happens at every stage of the journey. I wonder how many Christians go, I, I know people who did not become believers because they, they just couldn't do all the rules. And so we scare people away with that. But then how about new believers that are like, man, I'm never going to measure up to this thing. I can't be part of this club because they're all perfect. The reality is, God is going to have each of us probably complete different sides of the cube. If he wants to work with you on your attitude, he may not have you not smoking. Those are two things that, you know, a lot of times new believers, oh, they're still smoking. That's not Christian. I'm like, I don't see that in the Bible. But, um, but the reality is we are so required to be perfect and we are so afraid of that judgment that we put our fig leaves back on. And so for me, if we all say, I am broken, here, here's the truth. God is covering each of us that are saved with the perfection of Jesus, like a cloak that comes around us. So when he looks at us, he sees the end. He mm -hmm. sees the righteousness. We are fully covered, right? Um, and so all those things are true. What's true of Jesus is true of us. But the not yet is he is working to transform us back to the original purpose, the cultural mandate he gave us in Genesis 1. And we need to stand up and reflect his son in this world. Um, and so what we need to do in order to really build safe and strong community is to quit um, judging other people 
But I will say we need to quit judging ourselves because that standard is even worse, what we live under, and acknowledge that God's working on this part of me. And when I share that, I might hear somebody who had worked on that 10 years ago that's even younger. Like Katie may share something, and she's a lot younger than me. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, like that's incredible because God hasn't worked on that part of my life because he's been working on other parts of my life. And so I love the Rubik's Cube that if we can understand that this is going to look messy, but the more we share it, isn't it freeing when we can just share like the ugly junk and go, I can't even believe I still have this attitude and let other people speak into that or, you know, and just stop pretending. It feels so good to just be who we are and where we're at with a God who sees us as righteous and beautiful, you know, our salvation assured because of Christ, mm. but still so hungry to do the original purpose he called us to. Yeah. That would be my my add to it. Yeah. For the record, Katie is younger than 10 years, younger than you. So just, just Okay, for... wait, wait. <laughs> oh, oh, I know, I could. Oops. Katie is the daughter I've always wanted. I know, I know. <laughs> A little bit of an age gap that I can say. Just for the record. Just for the record. Um, but lighten the moment for a second. Carl, you're so right. I mean, that's so right. Because we are covered, you know, when God looks at us, he sees Jesus. So he doesn't yeah. see all this stuff, but he also helps us through it. Yep. Uh, part of, um, we, again, we talked last time about spiritual disciplines, uh, consistency. Okay, so this is the word, right? Consistency because it can be sometimes um, confused with perfection uh, because we don't want to um, judge ourselves day in and day out about how consistent we are in the things that we need to do to, 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 I don't know, maybe get one or two of these sides together before we get to here. <clears throat> but it's not us that's getting any of it together. I think that's the important part to remember. Um, but what, what are some of the things that impact um, our ability to be consistent in our practices towards wholeness. I'll call it towards whole. Katie, we love the word whole, wholeheartedness, right? Wholehearted, mm -hmm. wholeheartedly, I guess it is. Um, something you've written about and more um, mm -hmm. been called to even talk about is our our wholeheartedness toward God doesn't mean perfection, right? It doesn't mean that we have to get it all right from the beginning. Consistency, though, because we get distracted, because we have busy schedules, because we end up with demands on our life. And you talked about this, I think, the last time even, uh, or, or we talked off camera about, you know, the pull towards, um, I don't know, not being able to to connect with the heart of God on all, mm -hmm. on all levels all the time mm -hmm. during the day with our kids, you know, or kind of pulling at us i'm thankful that i don't have that we just have the little dog who's nipping on our heels half the time um he's a puppy yeah. oh the puppy that's right yeah. i forgot he's a big puppy, he's he's a a big big puppy, puppy. actually yeah. yeah maybe we should put a picture up a bow right about him. <laughs> oh man um what do you think i mean can you relate to any of this what we're saying yeah i'm thinking man having kids is makes any consistency so hard to be consistent but yet <laughs> because of the survival mode and the desperation yeah. all throughout the day actually yeah. maybe are more consistently relying on god oh that's wow. good i like that um yeah. yeah because i couldn't do it on my own without those little prayers throughout the day yeah um but yeah i think i think for me 
there are times throughout the day where it's just those little prayers to mm-hmm. get through. It's kind of like communicating with your spouse. Mm-hmm. You might have little touch points throughout the day like, to get you through that yeah. keep you connected. But then at night, you mm-hmm. still have to talk about your day and how you felt about it and, mm-hmm. and really connect. Yeah. So that's where I think there has to be a balance yeah. of being able to figure out what does it look like to navigate the messy middle with mm-hmm. distractions. Mm-hmm. But then what also does it look like to remove those distractions and really dig that's so good. And, and spend time to meditate and get below the surface? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because kids can actually demonstrate what messy really looks like. Can't they? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, puppies and kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What 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 do you recall of uh, the consistencies of trying to manage the messy middle? Or <laughs> let's not talk about messy middle as if it's in the past. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah. I thought you had it all worked yeah. out, man. Come oh, on, no, come no, on, no, no, no. <laughs> Every time, you know, we've talked about this before. Yeah. Every time I think I've hit the 30%, I realize I'm not even 30% of the 30%. <laughs> exactly. You know? um, I, I think that, uh, you know, like, as in all things, you know, my, my perceptions about this have changed over the years. And yeah. in, in the beginning of my walk with God, it was a lot more about performance. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I didn't really have a good grasp of where how much god loved me mm. or even what his character was like yeah or or how i was viewed by him or what what do i have to do or not do to stay in his good graces mm. and you know so we we come into it with all the formation of our childhoods and all of our personality on mm. this is this is how i'm i'm just this is just who i am and i'm bringing it this into the yeah. kingdom and so I, I, you know, when I, when I used to just avoid the disciplines because to me it was, it was, it was a rigid performance thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. Mm-hmm. It wasn't with the right motivation necessarily. Yeah. I was just, I mean, I didn't mean, I meant well, but it wasn't really life-giving because I wasn't getting below the surface to yeah. really connect. Yeah. It was just, it was going through the motions because I had to do it and I wanted to be pleasing and. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I guess, I guess at this point, I'm, I'm learning that it, those are great. You know, that we have to maintain the disciplines. But the point is to, for connection. You know, the point is always to find Jesus is to to, to find um, that spark, the yeah. the the life. You know, to be grafted into the divine. Like really, uh, it's. I'm feeling it's more at rest. Yeah. resting in those things than it is about struggling in through those things. Oh, that's, that's really important. Um, and which is sort of what God is, and I'm, I'm still learning this, like even on the drive over here <laughs> today, I had this little internal dialogue with him about, um, thinking about starting the year off with the fast, mm-hmm. which, which we had, uh, had talked about previously. Um, you know, it was kind of like, wouldn't it be nice to just live there? You know, not, not to, not in the, not in the framework of the fast necessarily. You can't fast every day of the year, but to live in the rest of like what the, what it is that I really am looking forward to in the fast is the connection and it's the life. It's the, 
it's the give and take. It's it's mm-hmm. the wisdom. It's the all the all the things that you find when you when you connect with God in those moments. Yeah. Like, Why can't? What if we just lived there? Yeah. And spent more time in those places this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it makes the messy middle a little more. Um, I don't know. I don't know if the word's tolerable, but able well, and that's to sort where of we get, live there. Yeah. And that's where we get less messy. Like, well, yeah. that's where the life happens. That's the exchange where we take, uh, we become more like him when we spend time, you know, like we, we all with unveiled face behold him. Well, yeah. if we aren't beholding him, yeah. there isn't going to be a lot of change. We're just going to, we're just going to paddle. Or, or what do you, what do you uh, tread water? Yeah. yeah. And I, so, so many times I, I, you bring up a great point because even as we're, you know, preparing even to do podcasts or to write or to speak or to do any of this. I find the most productive moments are when I'm laying down my own control issues. We talked about that last time. My own uh, objective for whatever it is I'm stepping into uh, and, and, and just get quiet yeah. uh, and say, Lord, look, for, forget anything that I said. <laughs> you do the talking. In any moment, in every given time, uh, even as we sit here right now, I just I sense a peace about the idea of surrender. So the spiritual formation, the sanctification, that process is about peeling back the layers of the onion, how many mm-hmm. times we use that. And every layer has a messy piece to it. Mm-hmm. And we have to be willing to peel it back and get to the the wound levels, which we haven't really talked about. Can you refer to kind of the, the brokenness that goes beyond uh, just what we see here? And so consistency is important. It's not the only thing, but it's important. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I um, was definitely raised in a performance-oriented environment in all areas, but definitely in religious practices um and absent that deeper connection of really being connected to god um really being healed it was just not um yeah it was a really difficult way to live and i was failing all the time i mean to the outside the world thought it was great to the inside the inside of me was dying. One of my big struggles, because I'm so ADD, I mean, my impulsivity, mm. I should be locked in jail for the rest of my life. I like, not. Now, I remember the psychiatrist who tested me saying, I have never seen impulsivity so high. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> well, there's something that can restrain you, which is God, mm. or you probably would be in a white collar prison. I'm like, okay, well, that was a <laughs> great way to describe my personality. But I am not a disciplined, like I look at you who like every minute is planned and so oh it's time to go to the gym now it's time to do this there is nothing in my whole personality that does anything Uh, maybe not (laughs) you still do a lot okay routine routine (laughs) and structure is very important to you and so like when people would say well i get up and i read my bible for 15 minutes every morning and then i go through my prayer list I lose my prayer list every other minute, but like I do all these things. And so I would try to do those things, but I was failing all the time. Hmm. And I can remember as I started really on this journey of intimacy with God, God's like, I made you. I made your personality. I knew who your parents were going to be. I knew how you were going to be nurtured. I knew every teacher you were going to have and what they taught you. So like 
why would I not be okay with who I made? Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, right. wow. You know, and, and I remember the funniest thing God said, get rid of the prayer lists. Like, I don't mm -hmm. need you to have that long prayer list. I need, when I put somebody on your heart to pray for, I need you to commit to pray for them. Or if somebody asks you to pray, I don't need you to have some list that people don't necessarily get through. I need you to pray for that person. And so it started to become a, a game changer, but um, man, what a struggle. What I will say is when, you know, you're connected to God in that beholden kind of way and you start to realize the scriptures that talk about God's nurturance, it's like the feminine side of him alongside the fatherly strong side that he's got. If you can't have a deeper connection with him, you're never going to even understand the language that you're reading. And so I think it's those things, like I can't say I consistently do X, Y, and Z. We do devos every morning, which yeah. is amazing. We go through the Bible. Mm -hmm. I mean, and there's consistent things like going to church and things that we do. But um, my relationship with God is a lot based on like what Katie said, you're throwing up prayers during the day, mm -hmm. you're taking time. For me, I don't even recognize sometimes when I am so distracted by the world and the busyness that I've emotionally become completely dysregulated. Mm. And so even I think something that was helpful for me is to be able to say to you, and you see me and my brain flip like this, <laughs> yeah. and I'm talking to you like, ah, ah, ah. could you please tell me to just go get in the hot tub? Because like I need my time with like to my time with God, because there's nothing healthy about what is happening here. <laughs> what I need, it's really showing I am not plugged into the vine. Hmm. And so I think even bringing other people into your journey to remind you that, you know, time with God is so rich um, just to sit with him, even if it, you know, you're just sitting and feeling his presence. It is so restorative. And I think the more you do that, you become more consistent in running to yeah. him. But I'm not so sure that there's like, it needs to be a certain way and I'm consistent. I think that belief was really harmful for anyone like me. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. not just you. Uh, yeah. Um, well, <laughs> Katie, we had this conversation a few times about perfectionism and, and how we were brought up and how much that has sort of um, driven the way we operate, our operating system, which is mm -hmm. broken to begin with. Yeah. Right. After the garden, we, we broke that system. Um, do, does doubt, do you ever have any doubts or some uncertainty about, like, how do I even, how do I even survive this? Because mm -hmm. there's so much of, of my past that I'm still folk just still impacts my thinking and the parts of me that um, are still unhealed. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's so many parts that are unhealed. Um, yeah, but I, I think just what I'm hearing is when, when you are struggling with doubt, which for me, the doubt comes in when I start to try to fix myself on my own strength uh, yeah. or I try to minimize my struggles with other people, especially mm -hmm. my safe community of people. Right, right. Um, or I try to hide it until I'm better. You know, when I stop living from that authentic place and reliance on God, 
that's when I feel the doubt creep in. Mm -hmm. And the less I'm looking at what my identity is in Christ, Mm -hmm. the more tripped up I get by what other people tell me or unsolicited advice from people who really aren't my safe community. Yeah, That's when the doubt starts to creep in. But I find if I'm anchored in who God says I am, then I can talk to people about where I'm at now and be honest. Um, Like just the other week, Colleen said, well, where do you think you're at in that, in navigating through some of that brokenness? Mm -hmm. And I said, God's just showing me the depth of the brokenness Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. He's not even, we're not even at the healing. Mm -hmm. He's just starting to show me the depth of it. And he's covering me in grace and love and comfort Mm -hmm. right now. Because as I start to walk through it, it's going to hurt a little bit. Yeah. But if I know who I am in Christ, then that's really like keeping myself anchored is really how I get rid of that doubt. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. How anchored are you feeling over there, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just did uh, eat my way through Christmas, so I feel pretty heavily. Oh anchored. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, no. <laughs> um, lost my train of thought there. That's okay. No, but, um, Doubt, I, uncertainty. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> start, the anchor. <laughs> yeah. like a boat anchor. That's how yeah. I feel. No, uh, there, we have opportunities to be to doubt all the time. Like that's that is the I think that's the big weapon is is deception. That's that's where we get hit a lot by the enemy um, in in all of myriad of ways, you know. Mm-hmm. But it, a lot of it is can we trust? Can we trust the one who we're following? Yep. Yeah. Uh, that which was the first. You yep. know, the first real sin was, did he really? Yeah. Is yeah. he holding out on he's us? Making, like, making us believe he's not trustworthy. Yeah, he, he really, you know, like, there's a piece of that he doesn't want you to have. Right. Like, you know, anyway. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, there, there's lots of opportunity to doubt along the way. But like, like Katie mentioned, like, who, who are you going to be? Mm-hmm. If we keep, if we keep our focus off of ourselves mm-hmm. and on him, it really does help. Yeah. In the process. And I have, because when I get really spun up in times of doubt, it's not him. I'm not doubting him. I'm doubting me. I'm yeah. doubting his ability to do anything in here. Yeah. 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 It's, wow. you know, because I'm looking at this and not mm-hmm. focusing on him who can do anything. Yeah. It's, you know, and, and it, 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 in the times where I'm able to disconnect enough to, to start asking some good questions, mm. I'll say, well, what am I really believing here? Because I'm believing something that isn't true. Because mm. um, we, you know, the, this the path is laid before us in Scripture. Like we know what the what it looks like, but yeah. we doubt that He can ever change us because we're look we're not looking at the right thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but you know, you go through enough of the, you go through enough of this, and and you hear God say, yeah. Remember when we talked about that? <laughs> yeah. You know that keep your don't don't look at that because that's right. the, that's a distraction. What really is yeah. going on is over here, yeah. and it's a beautiful thing. So just keep coming back here. You know we, we talked about resting mm-hmm. in His presence and yeah. and just basking in His goodness and His nurturing. And sometimes it's sometimes it's a, a lesson. Sometimes it's a, just. I've, I'm, I realize I'm saying less now and just sit, sitting more, mm-hmm. which 
because what what am I going to say? You know, I have I might oh I have a laundry list of wants, but what what really the onion is going to move the needle is when I look more like him. Yeah, amen. Yeah. So I don't know. There, I was I was um, listening to the song on the way over here. Hungry, fallen. I don't know what the full name of it is. Like yeah. Um, you don't want me to sing? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm Literally, not going to sing either. My but... podcast viewers will unsubscribe. Yeah, they'll unsubscribe. Yeah, they'll... I love that song. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is so but rich. I, I love the rich, the rich part of the doubt is not about him. It's in me. So you turn back to deal with that because you're fully trusting him. But you're not trusting the relationship or even your ability maybe to implement on it. I never thought about it that way. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, well, like, like you said, it was like, what am I going to, you can't fix yourself. Yeah. What, what am I going to do? Yeah. Um, you know, like the, the words, the first phrase of that song is hungry. I come to you because I know you satisfy. Yes. Um, that's the only place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's the only one. And like the, um, but yeah, there's doubt. But the the way to, I guess the way to navigate through that is just to go back to his presence. Yeah, it's, it's fundamental. It's fundamental. Sometimes I, um, okay, so I have to bring a sports analogy. I'm sorry, I just got to do it. I have to. You know, I'm a football fan, and um, for anybody that uh, knows, this time of the year it's near the playoffs, and you have a lot of teams <laughs> battling it out trying to get to that next level. And um, my favorite team, who happens to be residing in the city of brotherly, I mean brotherly love, um, <laughs> brotherly shove, the Philadelphia Eagles. Where I've watched it, them melt down basically before our very eyes the last four or five games, and I, you know, they start out with the best record in the league, and heck, they can't put a whole game plan together. Yeah, so. You know, I played sports a little bit myself and in, in baseball, but you have to return sometimes to the fundamentals mm -hmm. of the faith. The fundamentals of the faith sometimes is just getting up and just saying, God, I don't really know what today brings, which I try to do most days and say, what do you have in store for us? But it's also just open the word, like just get get into a place, even if you, you know, I always love these people, open it randomly and point, go, oh, that's what you're trying to tell me. Well, maybe it is, but you can look at any word in that Bible and God has something for us in it. And I think when we live in doubt and uncertainty, you go back to his word and you look for the encouragement in the Psalms and if it's just there, you know, uh, if it's a lament or if it's an encouragement, sometimes you see, let... Uh, Psalm 33, 22, let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. Yeah. Okay, that's just a really encouraging word for every one of us. We don't need a lengthy sermon necessarily. We just need fundamentals of the faith mm -hmm. to draw us closer. <clears throat> and so if we're sitting in uncertainty, which I can tell you that we all do, Maybe even every day, and we don't know it for a nanosecond. We're we're uncertain because it's the life we live. Yeah. So, right. Point back to the mess, the Rubik's cube. But there's gonna, answers. I'm going to connect us to part two. But one thing that brought out as you were talking, and something we've been doing more and more, is when we are have doubt or uncertainty. And for me, my number one spiritual gift is faith. So mm -hmm. when I have doubt or uncertainty, it 
it's kind of crazy when God decided to import you with this incredible faith that it's really hard to not believe. Like yeah. it actually goes against, pro against programming. So actually, you know, we don't like to talk a lot about spiritual warfare, but Satan knows exactly mm -hmm. where he can hook you to doubt or to question or to yep. not trust. Yep. It's like takes us back to the beginning. You know, the very mm -hmm. first thing he did was to put doubt between us and God. And so when you think about spiritual warfare, one of the things for me, and again, because it's so drastic because of what my number spiritual one gift is, is community and praying. You know, is to send out the SOS. If we had safe community where we could be authentic yeah. and you didn't get pat words like, oh, just trust in God and you'll be fine, right? Like how many times have I said, man, I'm really struggling with this. I'm even struggling with the concept of can God do this? Does God speak? Whatever my thing is. And I get a pat answer back from everyone like, oh, it's okay. Just keep going on. That's not helpful. Mm -hmm. I actually need people to step into the war. You know, um, I think the value of community is when I'm too weak to hold up, you know, or the battle like is so fierce raging around me. I need people to lock their armor with me and to stand. Yeah. And honestly, I come really quickly back to faith because, again, that's the gift that God's given me. Yeah. But understanding how the, the enemy is moving against each one of us, you know, um, I think it's so important that we can SOS community and that we cover each other in those areas. Cause I do think that's a huge piece of yeah. the spiritual battle. Um, the other thing I would say, and this goes along with what we're not going to talk about today, but look forward to it coming up in the very near future, which is hearing from God. I think for me, doubt um, and uncertainty has often come from things God asks me to do. And they are crazy things like you could put me in, you know, as one of the prophets eating locusts and honey, like just really <laughs> weird stuff. And um, as I learned to hear his voice and he would ask me to do things and sometimes they were smaller things and they felt really crazy to me. But he taught me obedience to through some of that. And I'll tell you what, the doubt was crazy for me. Like we just did something last week where mm -hmm. God really shared something that would help someone um, in a session that we were doing. And I'm like, this is stinking crazy. And so I even say to people, I know this may sound really crazy. You don't have to do it. This is what God showed me in what could be helpful. Well, is that not doubt and uncertainty? Like, yeah, I'm not sure that's it's going to work, you know, yeah. but so many times I have been obedient to what God calls me to do. And not one time did he leave me down that I didn't see. I mean, the exercise we had this person do was so amazing. He came out, you know, uh, he actually had to cover himself with the blanket and he came out just bawling and weeping and broken and filled with the Lord. And I look at that and I'm like, thank you, God, because my faith could never be great enough to think I was hearing my own voice or something, but yeah. thankfully he allows us to partner. And that building, it's one of the reasons I don't mind getting older, is yeah. because the wisdom that comes from following God and being obedient, and then he gives you bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger things, is probably the greatest faith builder. You know, when you see your heart's desire is, you know, to return and be who God has called us to be in the garden, when you see that happening, mm -hmm. it 
yeah, it's a doubt and uncertainty buster. But I'll tell you what, learning obedience, learning to hear his voice and then be obedient, it's probably one of the most doubt-infusing things, at least in my life. Um, but, you know. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that because that <clears throat> that's a good place for us to pause uh, folks, we're going to, we'll be back. Uh, we want to, we want to finish this conversation in, in a second part uh, of uh, this podcast called living in the, uh, in the messy middle. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to encourage you to do a few things if you would, uh, because we'd love to hear from you. Okay. So if you will, um, if you would be so kind as maybe rate, review, share this podcast with people mm -hmm. that you know, that might be interested in hearing about uh, what you know God's doing um, in you, in your life, in others' lives, where it's really significant. And um, and for, all, for also for others of you, you may not know this, but we actually have an app, the Embracing Brokenness app, which is pretty cool. You can get content there on a regular basis from us, whether it be this podcast or our daily memo or uh, video teaching and a whole host of, of really cool things right in the palm of your hand. And you can share it with other people. I just want to uh, remind you that you can uh, download that on wherever you get your apps. Uh, so please come back. Uh, guys, thanks for, um, you know, this whole crew will be back again. This is our team here at Embracing Brokenness Ministries, and we're glad that um, you could join us today, and we'll see you back next time. Yes. Blessings. Blessings. This was another episode of the Embracing Brokenness podcast. For more information on Embracing Brokenness Ministries, or to subscribe to our blog, podcast, YouTube channel, or engage with us on social media, please visit our website at embracingbrokenness.org. Thanks for joining us.